This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93-7, the ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. This is On the Block on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bokovan. He is the longtime NBA vet in Husker Hall of Famer Eric Strickland. And we've got a, quite a show lined up for you. 425, we'll bring in Brian Christofferson of Husker 24-7 to talk about just the program altogether for Nebraska basketball after another loss last night, dropping to 0-9 in conference play. Uh, looks Seems like patience is wearing thin a little bit from the Nebraska fan base or following, so we'll talk about that. Also, a uh, big one at 525, Cedric Sabalos, of course, the former uh, NBA All-Star, will join us as well. So we've got a very nice show lined up for you. Strick, how are you doing today? As in the illustrious words of... Uh... Ice Cube, today was a good day. <laughs> That's always good to hear. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No breakfast with the smog, no hog. And mama cooked the breakfast. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I don't know how the lyrics go, but that's yeah. something like that. So you can't get too much in that Ice Cube uh, song without us having to use the dump button over here. So we better uh, better not get too deep into that one. But uh, uh, first, the, the biggest question, of course, that we just uh, finished on the uh, ticket water cooler was, uh, um, would you be willing to try this Baja Blast uh, that is spiked with alcohol? Baja Blast, of course, the Mountain Dew um, from Taco Bell. They're not going to put some alcohol in there. Would you be interested in that? Have you tr- Have you had Baja Blast before? I have not had the Baja Blast. I think I've done... I've been trying to like minimize my um, soda and yeah. carbonation intakes a little bit, so I haven't really partaken in a lot of a lot of those drinks. I've seen them um, every now and then. I'll get a craving for like the Nacho Bel Grande or the uh, Crunch Wrap. Oh yeah, but for the most for the most part, yeah, I'm I'm kind of just you know <laughs> I've been trying to do good, man. That, the weight doesn't do the same as it used to. I mean, that thing yeah. gets on you now, and it's like, it's on you. It used <laughs> so to be- it, it's like it's easier to get on <laughs> than it is to get off. That's the craziest thing about getting old. Yeah. Did you ever have to eat like a high like calorie diet to, because you would play every night? You know, in, in the in the league. No, I didn't. I think really the only routine that I pretty much had dealing with anything like that was uh, I tried to eat some pastas or some carb related things before before the games you know we normally would have like a little area that you could go to and kind of get some some pregame food or whatever i would usually try to do that yeah, i wasn't bad about that part of it um no I, I think the main thing was just making sure you got something to eat afterwards after you you know lost a lot of that uh, energy and stuff over the over the game time just making sure you get and the craziest thing about it was there really I mean this is going to surprise some of you but there really weren't a lot of good restaurants that you know, this is back in my time I mean I think it's changed now but there really weren't a lot of good restaurants that would be open 
um, late in the evening. So, yeah. <laughs> so the crazy thing about what me and my teammates would do is we go to strip club. And that and, and, and that was honest. That that was <laughs> that was some of the best food you can get. Oh yeah. That like I mean it was steak, lobster, shrimp, um, all types of breasts. I mean, no, it was the best food <laughs> you can get. No, just... <laughs> and so what we would do is we just get a little private room to the back and we would go back there, eat some grub. Of course, the ladies would come back there. It, it reminded me of uh the movie Players Club, right? Where, <laughs> where, where they ring the bell and like ding, 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 <laughs> and all of them would come running in there after that, but at least they let us eat our food first. It was pretty cool. Were the chefs provocatively dressed, or you never going to see them either? Nah, nah. The chef, the, sometimes the chef would come out and you know address us. It was a guy usually. It wasn't yeah. really a woman. It was it was usually a man in it, but it was actually really good food. You got to do what you got to do. There's only so many places open at that time of night, right? Um, some other ones that I wanted to ask you about. Little Debbie's also is is creating ice cream for all their like. Um, they're well-known store foods. Did you ever, ever like the cosmic brownies or the nutty bars or oatmeal cream pies or any of those? Oatmeal cream pies is definitely one that I used to partake in. Would you eat it in I, ice cream form? I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I don't think so either. It's kind of gross. Mm. Like honey buns, uh, Swiss roll ice cream. They have the zebra cakes. Yeah, this is all the ice cream brands. They're gonna they're gonna roll it oh. out. They're gonna give it a shot. I don't know if it's. I don't think it's gonna work. Mm, I don't know if I can roll with that one. Yeah, no. I used to like those ones with the little frosting inside, and the—I mean, the little frosting inside, and, and it was iced on the outside. The little Debbie cakes or whatever—I oh, yeah. used to tear them things up. <laughs> I used to go in on those. And yeah. see, that's the crazy thing about it. Then I could eat the heck out of those like crazy, and then all of a sudden, now you can't you get over a certain age. You go start trying to go in on them <laughs> like you used to. And no, that don't work. <laughs> I used to I used to really love the cosmic brownies. Like as a teenager, I'd get them. Um, oh all yeah, the time. with the little sprinkle stuff. Oh on yeah. Them? Is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But lately, yeah. I, I tried one the other day, and it's like this. Did did they change the recipe, or is is it did my yeah. taste buds change? Because this is not good anymore. No, did you have COVID? <laughs> no. <laughs> not, yeah, like I can't even taste this brownie. What's going on? No, this was uh this was Did you lose your taste? <laughs> <laughs> this was more than just post COVID. This was before you know, I've had it the last couple of years and it just doesn't hit like it used to when I was a kid. But uh oh, well, fair enough. It used to hit different when you was a kid yeah. though. It always hit different. <laughs> boy, the things we used to hit, boy, I, I mean so you're you're a little younger than me, but boy, the things we used to go in, them now laters and them Chico stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Stuff, boy. <laughs> Yeah, thankfully they didn't ever try to make those uh, ice cream. But I think the probably the worst of that might be zebra cake ice cream. That sounds pretty gross. But we'll see. I mean, there are yeah. a lot, lot of new products coming out. Uh, like we said with movies the other day, they don't have a lot of original ideas. So you just got to stir up with Revamp. whatever you got to work <laughs> work with. Um, we did it. talk uh, plenty about Husker basketball last night on the post game show, but I wanted to bring it back up again, uh, more of kind of a, a larger picture discussion um, because some of the local uh, newspapers. Our, our, our st- <laughs> uh, columns in response to that game are basically um, saying it, it's kind of getting close to time for a, a decision to be made. Basically, unless things turn around, um, you've you've kind of almost got to to make either make a statement or, or make uh, something. I mean, it's getting that bad when you're zero and nine in conference wow. play. Um, now four, five and forty three in conference play so far um, for Fred Hoiberg. I mean, that that's really tough to a tough pill <laughs> to swallow and. 
and tough for to ask Husker fans to stick around and believe and to watch. Um, do you think? I mean, we heard this from the, the interesting thing is we heard from Trev Alberts when Scott Frost was at three and seven. Uh, and saying we're sticking through this guy. Obviously, they fired some of the assistant coaches and made it very apparent that regardless of happened what happened in the final two games, he basically gave his vote of confidence. And, and everybody knew at that time, okay, we can stop all the rumors. We can stop all the speculating. Frost will be back. Do you think that it would benefit Nebraska basketball to do the same thing? Um, or do you think that it maybe you want to wait to see the finished product by the end of the season to know if you're full go for another year? I would definitely probably wait it out. I wouldn't want to make no significant changes in the midst of the basketball season, but that would be something I would have to weigh out. You know, you've got to make some change, right? Um, It's got to be something. And if you feel, I I think at this point, if you, if you don't, if there's no significant changes um, in the way that, the, the way that they're playing these games or even winning, if they can't win a game, I mean, they like I said, they just haven't played a full game yet. They haven't. They haven't. They have yet to play a forty-minute game. It's. It. It just seems like it's consistently a period that they can't overcome, right? So if you're down seven, you know you've got to win the second half. I mean, you can't play even on the second half. You lose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so my thing is, there's got to be something. I don't know where that's going to come from. I mean, I'm as I was looking at it, right, I was looking at uh, Nick Saban. I know we're going to talk a little bit about that um, at the end of the day. But one of the things that I found that was very, very profound with him is that with so much turnover with SEC coaches, right, the question has to be, and what is the leading factor? The question was, what is the leading factor of longevity in the SEC? So we know there's so much turnover, and it's because guys come in, they make the bag, and – they can't sustain the levels of competition. They may have ups and downs, a roll, you know, then all of a sudden they go two years at, you know, three and whatever, right? So with that being the case, Nick Saban said something, and he said, that's simple. He says, you have to win. What does it take to win? The answer to that question is better, you know, for me than anything (laughs) that, that what he said. He said, I think you have to have culture in your organization. And we're about helping our players to be more successful in life because they're involved in the program, right? I thought that was very, you know, a very good point. So if Fred Hoiberg can look at what he's saying, there's things that we've talked about in the past, right? You talk, we talked about culture. We talked mm-hmm. about you have to win. We talked about the expectations of what the players, when they come through the cycle, what that's going to look like on the back end of it, right? So I think what Nebraska has to do, man, they have to hone in on the successes of the program in the recent years, right? You just had Isaiah Roby that just went to the NBA. You, that's, you know, he's, he's there. He's not playing in crazy minutes, but Delano Benton is. Yeah. He just left, and, and he's playing, right? So you have to focus also on that, and then you have to focus on the history. You have to look at those who, when you bring them to the program, you have to look at those individuals that are being recruited. Do they have the hunger and do they have the heart to go beyond what the history of the program has looked like, right? So you have to recruit with heart and with passion to do something beyond what has been known, what has been successful, right? So you have to recruit in that manner. And then lastly, you have to establish a culture and identity so that when they show up, they already know what to expect. They know what it's going to look like when they leave. They know what 
you know, the staff is going to be about. They know what the play on the court and they exhibit the, the style that's going to be exhibited, the execution, what it's what's going to be asked of them. It's already going to be established. Anything outside of that, there's a problem. You see what I'm saying? And I don't think they have that yet. Yeah, and it's and that's, the, that's the issue. It's like, like I mean, like we said all year long, if you're going to give up um, more than ten plus boards in the in the rebounding battle, you have to have some yeah. sort of strength to combat that. And they they don't have that. So last night on the post game show, we we're trying to kind of figure out. Well, if you're just going to take that as a loss, um, then maybe you can shuffle your lineup and you don't have to be as big as as they want to be. So it. maybe that's a, a yeah. change. But I mean, ultimately. Um, I, I think what we're talking about here is similar to the Frost situation, right? Where the expectation was, I have this system, it's going to work, uh, it's worked before, let's try it in Big Ten football. Well, it's kind of the same thing with basketball, right? Um, and it, it hasn't worked. And so you kind of wonder, um, similar to the Frost thing, if you get into a, a discussion, if you're Trev, uh, and you sit Fred Hoiberg down, um, you say maybe this pace of play isn't isn't the identity. Maybe you, maybe the new identity is something you can control um, a little bit more with effort, defense, rebounding. M- scoring will get there, whatever. But if defensive and rebounding are your identity and it's a required to, to make, you know, get on the floor, you at least have some sort of strength to rely on other than we shoot a lot of shots. We don't always make a lot of shots, but we shoot a lot of shots. I think that helps in recruiting. That's helped them in recruiting is to get that type of player that, that wants to play in that NBA offense, that fast-paced, um, you know, we're going to take as many shots as we can throughout a game. I mean, that stuff sounds good in recruiting, and they've done a good job recruiting, but it hasn't worked out over Overall, so do you think they need to change that particular identity moving forward in the Big Ten? I think that's one thing you have to look at. You have, you have to look at that. You have to look at your staff. You know what I mean? You have to look at okay, yeah, we've recruited well, but is does there does there need to be a change in the staff that's going to be able to elevate and get the most out of the players that are there? Right? That's going to be able to demand what is what is required is, and that's excellence with regards to rebounding, defense, and, and and all the sorts of things that are winning plays, right? Because at the end of the day, winning, winning takes care of all the ills, right? When you think about life, life in itself, you can revive any program to life off of life support by winning. If you can win and then you win the way in which the identity speaks of, then you can cure all ills. And that's, I think, they did, that the way to pump pump some life into the and get them off of life support because they look dead right now. Get them off of life support. You're going to have to, you know, make some hard discussions, hard changes, and you may even have to look internally because if you don't look internally, maybe, you know, Trev Albers may, might. Yeah, I mean, I think that it is at that point. It, it's gotten so bad that I do expect to see some changes on the staff uh, down on the bench, and um, you know, it, it it may not be even those guys' fault. I mean, that's but there, you need somebody yeah. to fall on the sword, captain, to do yeah, and try to get something sparked uh, within this team. But of course, that won't be happening till at the end of the season. So you, you we kind of wonder what they're going to do moving forward here. Maybe they can quiet all this talk. Maybe they can you know because they did play a top eleven team, top twelve team there um, to seven points. That's not easily done. I mean, you have to you have to have a, a degree of effort and talent and skill in in community or, and all that stuff to be able to play that game. So maybe they still feel like they're like the dreaded word in Nebraska right now. Close, right? They're close. Uh, and they want to just keep going with it. But I think that that's where the frustration is piling up, too, is that, you know, y- that they are trying the same recipe over and over, and it's coming up short over and over and over again, and maybe it would be wise to try something else 
out in game. And, and so, that, I mean, that's where I didn't envision us at the beginning of the season saying, um, yeah, you know, at this point, maybe um, go small. Have Derek Walker as your only big on the court. That doesn't sound like a, a wise strategy, but at least it's something different. And I think that that's what people want to see. If, if Hoiberg is going to continue to lose, at least experiment with things. And, and the other thing is, and it's not this way yet, um, but by the time you hit the end of the season, I think that you should be forced almost to experiment a little bit with what looks to be projecting coming back. Try to build some chemistry, some hope, some some lifeblood into the future of the program, which would mean, you know, uh, maybe putting a Kobe we- or, or not a Kobe Webster, a, a, a Casey Tamanaga at the point or whatever. Use some of those guys, and then you know, who knows at that point if it started to win, then you'd have to look back on what was happening in the middle of the season and not making those adjustments. But it just feels like there has to be some adjustment made more than so than. Hey, Trey McGowan's is back and he should be able to save us. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it boils down to. You, you're going to have to make some hard decisions. Some people may be upset about it, but it ain't, it ain't, it ain't from a lack of you having an opportunity. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? And I, I really do. When I, when I, when I look back at it, I really do think about the fact that I think you have to have individual. I mean, we, we've talked with cerebral sports, right? And this is this is why I love the company, and it's I think that one of the one of the tools that are phenomenal is that you can have these types of discussions, right? You can you can go and this is what I would be doing. I would I would go and and break down who's the best or the tops in the conference, who is your particular matchup, right? What is successful about what they do or what role that they play? What are their numbers look like? What are their, you know, on-court percentages and, and their touch percentages look like? And I would weigh that out. And I would say, are you measuring up? This is who you have to beat for us to beat them. Yeah. This is who you have to measure up to. This is what your numbers have to be for us to move up these rankings, right? You can literally go and break all of that down, match those players up, match those teams up, those organizations. What are they doing that's better than what we do? You know what I'm saying? And in order for us to to step up to that level, this is what we're going to have to do. Are you doing that? You've now been checked. If you don't change, if you don't make adjustments, if you don't step up, you've had your opportunities. I've got to look elsewhere. And you'll be able to have those types of discussions with those players, right? And that's what I, that, I, I really think that's when you, you can't just look at stat sheets, for any particular game, you got to look at the totality and the the body and the embodiment of the work. And when you do that, then you'll be able to have those real discussions. And then if parents start calling and they would, let's have a discussion with the parents too, you can do that same thing, right? You yeah. can send them a, a, a basic report card. That's the things. And that's why I think the company is going to be so much value, have so much value in the long run to be able to do stuff like that. Because Normally, you just only have a certain amount of data or you're able to go back and look at film or you're able to. But to be able to, uh, you know, to tie some extra information to that, to be able to have those type of discussions, because that's what that's what's needed right now in Nebraska. They need to have those real discussions. Yeah, it needs to get pretty deep with the accountability. And hopefully that that is starting there. Um, You know, we've we've seen, you know, there a few games ago. I guess it's been a while now, but the, uh, you know, benching players if they take bad shots and stuff like that. So, you know, but hopefully that's there. I mean, it's got to be there. Uh, at the highest level at this point, because if you go down, I mean, part of the problem again with this season 
is that you feel like you're losing a lot of foundational pieces for what this is going into next year, whether that be some of those guys that uh, had planned on this being their last year of ball or Bryce McGowns, who's still um, slated to go in the, the first round by many, many mock drafts. So what do you have returning, what you have coming back? Then you start to worry about that just because of the turnover in college basketball. And, I mean, there's no other way to, to get go around this. You know, when you're selling those parents or you're selling that kid, mm. it's hard to be selling it based off the record that they have and the, and the talent that they had on board, right? I mean, we, regardless of who they bring back, this is, this is a team that should be doing better than what they are now. So if you want to say you're getting the most out of your players, it just doesn't feel that way right now for Nebraska yeah. basketball. Yeah, you're going to have to literally – you're going to have to do with what you've got weigh and assess what may or possibly may leave, see what you can do best to draw that back and take what's coming because that's what you're going to have to work off of. Otherwise you can go to the bottom of the doldrums even further, right? You can, you can go to the bottom of the dungeon and may not see the light of getting out for a while. And then at that point it's going to be, it's going to take another coach because it's going to take some other flavor or change up the recipe, right? Yeah. At that point, that's what's going to have to happen because this is what you what's coming, what you got for your recruiting class and, and the younger guys, that's got to be your foundation. And then you may have to add a couple of pieces here and there out of the transfer portal. That doesn't disrupt, but that 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 hones in and focuses in on the identity that you establish. Yeah, it, I just don't think they have that. It, it's fascinating. They're going to have to do something, get a few wins on the board to make this uh, less of a toxic situation so that the athletic director doesn't have to come out and give his vote of confidence or not and have us all wonder whether it's uh, it, th- there's belief from the athletic department or not. We'll talk about that next year with Brian Christofferson of Husker 24-7. Uh, BC will join us next. We'll break down Husker basketball. Also a, little, a few Husker football notes as well. That's coming up next here on The Block.